Hi guys, hope everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So last episode I touched on common nutrition mistakes, so I thought I'd make another episode similar, talking about some common training mistakes I see people make in the gym. I hope you've enjoyed the last episode, and again, any specific topics you'd like covered, please ask about before I jump in. If you haven't yet, feel free to leave a review and a rating on Spotify and also iTunes. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or wherever other platform you're watching or listening on. I greatly appreciate everyone's support as always. So jumping into the episode, the first thing I want to touch on in terms of what or a mistake people make is sacrificing the range of motion that they take movements through for the amount of load they use. And what I mean by this is instead of, let's say, keeping the same depth on exercises like pressing movements, squats, uh, and also things like rows as well, not getting the upper arm as far back, they decide to use more load instead. So what I recommend instead of that is using whatever load you can get a full range of motion with. So load shouldn't dictate how much range of motion we, sh- we get or we shouldn't, like what range of motion we take a movement through shouldn't be dictated by how much weight we want to lift. It should be dictated by how much, or it should be dictated by what's optimal on paper, what's the best on paper, and then we should pick the weight accordingly. So instead of picking the weight we want to lift, we should pick what weight will give us the best outcome with a full range of motion. They're two very different things. And the reason why this is something that I think is a poor thing to do is because if you're cutting range of motion short, you're usually going to accumulate more fatigue from the movement by lifting more. For example, if you're doing a a great example is a deadlift versus a rack pull. If you do a rack pull, you could lift much more load, but you're not taking the muscles you're training through as large a range of motion. You're in a really mechanically efficient position because all your joints are stacked, which means you're going to accumulate a lot of fatigue because you're lifting a lot of weight, but you're not biasing anything an awful lot, as I've touched on before. You'll get more stimulus as taking a muscle for a larger range of motion will typically lead to better muscle growth. It's shown in some studies that some muscle groups respond better to being trained for a full range of motion. It's also typically easier to keep a weight on the muscle. For example, if I tell you to target, let's say, your lat, uh, again, a good one that I've touched on before. If you are, let's say, not or not doing it for a large range and you've got an absolute ton of load in your hand because you're using a really short range of motion then it can be easy for it to like be or other muscle groups to get involved just because the weight's that heavy that's really hard to isolate a certain muscle uh, so usually it will be easier when you use a full range of motion because you're using an actual weight you can tolerate and control with good form and usually less injury risk as well because if let's say you're doing a squat and you're only used to squatting, let's say, to parallel, like what happens if you don't get that rep? What happens if you go a bit lower and misgroove a rep and you've got weight that you've never exposed your joint to in that bottom position, you've got weight that you're not used to handling in that position of the rep, then on paper, that's not going to be good for your joints like because it's foreign, it's new. Your joint can't tolerate that amount of weight and that range of motion because it's never been exposed to it. Uh, like if you just see someone just break parallel on a squat or someone go extremely low on a squat, like just looking at the person who just breaks parallel, it's, it's sketchy. It doesn't look like it's really giving them much out of it in terms of their quads. And 
Uh, I think anecdotally, just from doing it, you get much more out of just taking movement through a full range of motion as well as on paper than being for being better for muscle growth. So yeah, use a full range unless you've got really good reason not to. Uh, we usually build muscle best in that stretch position in the middle position. And as I've commented on before, usually when we cut range of motion short, we're cutting it short in the stretch position. For example, the squat bench press, we're usually not going as far down. And like I said, same applies with rows. We want to be getting our upper arm and midline with our torso. It's very easy because you can't really see your, you can't really see where you're rowing to as well as, let's say, if you're doing like a pressing movement, it's a bit easier to see the bars touching your chest. It's not that black and white when you're doing rows, unless you're doing it with a barbell that touches your stomach. But basically, when you're performing those movements, try and keep it consistent. Try and have something to measure how how far you're going. And a good way to do so is like uh, just filming your sets, seeing where you are finishing. Because sometimes you can be like, right, I'm getting a good range of motion. And then you watch the video back and you're like, oh, I'm cutting the reps really short and I've not even noticed that. The same applies with control. Uh, so... Another mistake I see people make is not making the most of a movement's benefits. So this is something that you get to know about over time. But what I mean by that is like not, let's say, spending time at the top of a leg extension where the benefit of a leg extension is. When you're doing isolation movements, we want to isolate a muscle. It's not an opportunity to just throw the weight. We should have complete control over that weight in each portion of the movement if you want to make the most of it. So what I mean by that is, on a leg extension, there's no point where the weight should just be floating through space. There's no throwing and catching. Everything should be deliberate. It's an isolation movement, so our form should reflect that. And that's going to allow you to get more out of the muscle and arguably have safer joints throughout the movement. And when you're doing a movement, think what is the value of this movement? Like I said, that leg extension, the value is pausing at the top. Hamstring curl, it's squeezing your hamstring at the bottom. So it makes sense to spend time in those positions. Same if you're doing an overhead tricep extension. The benefit of training your triceps with your arm overhead is it lengthens the tricep. In other words, it stretches the tricep. So it makes sense to pause in that position. It doesn't make sense to, let's say, just bounce out that position and spend no time there at all or not get a good stretch on your tricep. So think what is the value of the movement and then adjust your form and tempo accordingly. Something that I think a lot of people are guilty with is they let their ego get in the way. They're so concerned about chasing a certain amount of weight or trying to progress that they they don't like tick these boxes like i was saying about leg extension like a lot of people just throw the weight up or they won't fully extend their legs and that's because they're picking a weight they can get 90 percent of the rep with but not 100 percent of the rep they're choosing a weight they can nearly lock out with but they're not choosing a weight they can lock out because they're so busy chasing weight whereas it should kind of be the opposite you should nail form train as hard as you can and lift whatever weight you want to lift and that should progress over time as you get stronger but it shouldn't be the opposite we shouldn't let our form be dictated by the weight we want to use our form should basically dictate what weight we choose and what i mean by that is like we we need the right we should choose the right weight for the job we shouldn't choose whatever weight we want to use or we want to hit uh, that should come kind of naturally over time through recovering well outside the gym, ticking your boxes and making sure you're training hard in the gym. So make sure you're having good form and tempo and not letting your ego step in the way because usually see if your form's poor, you'll progress that movement at a slower rate. For example, your chest, like what, what will move weight? Yes, getting stronger and more efficient at movement, but also having more muscle tissue. 
if you've got a bigger chest you'll have more muscle to do the work you'll have more like more muscle fibers and more overall size of muscle which means you can lift more simple as that a bigger muscle will be a stronger muscle so if let's say you can do a movement that will grant you more muscle in a more effective way then the weight will come the progress will come arguably faster than doing half reps because you're not going to get much out of them from a stimulus point of view and yes you might be able to lift more at that time but long term you're not going to lift as much you'll probably get injured before you manage to get uh or you before before you reach your goals maybe uh depending on what they are of course so in terms of next up a mistake i see is people choosing the wrong training split that's the same so obviously something to say is the best split is one you can stick to the one you enjoy the most to an extent and the reason i say to an extent is like the best split isn't let's say oh you could say that with anything like the best thing to do is what you can stick to but like a diet of eating pizza isn't going to be effective for fat loss if that makes sense so there's a caveat to that you want a split that is effective as well as enjoyable and what is enjoyable is getting results so you want to make sure your split's effective so you do get results so you do enjoy it so a mistake i see people make is breaking their split down into two little body parts and what i mean by that is instead of let's say training upper lower they train like push or they train biceps and then they train bicep tricep sorry or like an arm day and then a shoulder day and then a chest day and then a back day and then a leg day you don't need to do that you could just train upper lower rest upper lower rest and repeat that process and I think you're going to get a lot further with that. The reason being is you don't need an arm day. You've been training for a couple months. Your arms will grow off just lifting weights. Your arms will grow from doing a pull-up, a chin-up, or a row, or a pull-down. Your triceps are going to grow from just pressing more weight. You don't need to isolate that muscle group to that same extent. Yes, obviously, do a couple sets of direct arm work in your upper sessions, but you don't need to isolate your arms to that extent so you don't need to do ridiculous amount of sets on an arm day because weight training is that novel to you that you're going to pretty much grow off just doing very little work and getting stronger at that so prioritize getting strong prioritize the big movements put on weight over time gradually and you'll grow you don't need an arm day and uh, some people are like some people like are stressing over like a certain muscle group like you don't need let's say a bit more upper chest you don't need more side delt you don't need to develop this certain muscle you need muscle everywhere so do sessions where you're prioritizing big movements where you're prioritizing big or by your where you're sorry prioritizing getting stronger you need muscle everywhere so don't stress about just developing in one area it's like a it's like if you're making a sculpture uh you don't want to like you you see people i'm not sure what it's called but like the stone sculptures it's like where people make them with the chisels you'll they'll use like a big chisel just to get the rough shape of it and then they'll use the wee fine one to get the detail uh you don't want to use the massive chisel to get detail but you also don't use want to use like the really really fine one to create the actual shape of the sculpture the same applies when when like building muscle it's about kind of like using the big chisel first to get the to get the overall shape to basically build build the base to build the structure same applies like if you're if you're painting right you don't start off using the really fine brush like if you're painting a fence you'll use the big brush 
that will get the most surface area, that will get the most bang for your buck, the most time efficient manner. The same applies for training. It's like just focus on those big movements because if you think about what what will build the physique and what will give you more progress long term, let's say doing a single single arm lat pull down, I'm not shitting on that. It's a good exercise. I do it myself, but what's going to give you more progress doing that and doing that for 50 kilograms, getting a good squeeze, or bar, bringing your barbell row from 40 kilograms to 100 kilograms. I think the barbell row is going to have more bang for your buck, and it's going to show more in your physique. So the split I do recommend is, let's say, a push-pull legs or an upper-lower or a hybrid of that. What I mean by that is doing, let's say, push-pull legs, rest, push-pull legs, rest, or maybe doing push-pull legs, rest, then upper, then lower, then rest. And that's quite good because it's hit because it fits into a seven day split. So it basically means you're doing push pull legs, rest, then upper lower, rest. So that seven day rotation, meaning you'll train the same session every Monday, every Tuesday and Wednesday. So it's not changing on a weekly basis, which can work for some people's schedule. Especially if let's say you work a nine to five Monday to Friday, you might like that setup. And on that topic, if you want a hand structuring your split, I've got a free structuring your split guide in my bio which uh, is basically, like, it tells you how exactly you sh- I recommend structuring a split for a beginner, what exercises you can use so you can select the ones that you have available and you also enjoy. And that's the split I took my barbell back squat from, let's say, like, 100 kilos up to 170 kilos, my deadlift from 110 to 190, my straight leg deadlift, sorry, not my deadlift, and my bench press from, I think, 70-something to 100 and 7.5 and obviously on my other lifts progressed as well which is kind of obvious but they're kind of the big the big notable ones that folk actually care about uh, so next mistake I see people make is hold back on sets for their future sets so if you've got three sets of 12 to 15 this obviously depends how you program but when I program for my clients it's like my my thought process is get, get the most out of every single set before thinking about adding more. And then a mistake I see people make and some clients that I need to chase them up on is holding back on their first few sets for, let's say, the other ones. And the reason why is, let's say they're doing bicep curls. They do three sets of, let's say you've got 12 to 15. Then you might hold back the first two sets and then only give it your all your third. But the thing is, your biceps can recover from giving it your all, all three sets. So you're missing out on effective reps. You're missing out on how much you can simulate your biceps on those three sets. It's like, why not, instead of, let's say, holding back on the first two and only giving your all for the third, why don't you just give your all for two sets, if that makes sense? It's like, why are you holding back that first set? When you're programming, obviously, there's there's different styles of programming, but I like to program so every single set, you're making the most of it. So get the most effective reps you can out of the one set before thinking about adding others especially if you're a beginner, I can't highlight the importance of this enough because most beginners don't train hard enough. That's not me being mean. That's not me being horrible or trying to uh, put people down, but they don't. And I don't expect them to uh, uh, as well unless they've, let's say, done sport all their life because why would you be able to train hard enough if you've not practiced that before? I wouldn't expect it. So get the most you can out of the current sets you're doing. Like, absolutely bury yourself like set safeties in the bar or in the rack and literally just keep going it sounds it sounds simple training hard 
but it's on on paper training hard simple but in reality it's really difficult but basically the way to do it there's no magic secret just put the safeties up set the machine so you're not gonna get crushed by the weight on whatever movement you're doing and just literally keep attempting other reps until it lands on you and then when it lands on you or when when it lands on the safeties make sure you're not just letting it go down because you give up make sure it's going down because you've literally not got anything else there that you've got no no strength you've got no ability to get that weight up that's going down just because you literally can't you're literally or you're physically not able to and yeah so make sure you're making the most of the sets you're currently doing before adding more only add other sets as well when you can recover from them so what i mean by that is if you're currently doing three sets of biceps your biceps let's say they're sore going into your next upper session don't add more because you're not recovering from that you need to basically recover and then build new muscle and if you let's say don't allow yourself to recover you're not giving you you the chance to build more muscle because you need to recover before starting the muscle building process a good analogy is it's like it's like you've got a hole or it's like you're trying to build a building right and where you're trying to build a building there's a massive ditch so you can't build a building unless you've filled the ditch up same applies with building muscle you can't build muscle unless you've repaired the muscle damage you need to fill the ditch before starting building on top of that you need to repair what's damaged before building more muscle so make sure you're only adding sets when you can recover from it and don't hold back on your first few sets just because you know you've got a third set there give each set your all and a good way to know if you're actually doing this is are your reps tapering down if you're getting 12 reps for all three sets of bicep curls with the same weight you're not giving your all to the first two because if you are training hard you should fatigue your ability to perform should drop off as the sets go on next mistake i see is redundancy so what i mean by redundancy is basically doing like you're like a movement you're doing is redundant because you're you've already done it and what i mean by that is you like some people again going back to the training split some people doing let's say a chest day and they're doing five chest presses you don't need five chest presses when you're a beginner for one as well as that if you've already done a flat press are you going to get much out of another flat press maybe maybe you're going to get a bit out of that but you probably get more out of let's say doing an incline press because it's a slightly different movement pattern you've not stimulated those muscle fibers so it makes sense to kind of do that before let's say before thinking about adding in another flat press movement so i'd rather see someone do let's say a flat press or like a flat chest a flat pressing variation then a, let's say a high incline pressing variation and then a dip variation they're three different movement patterns so you're going to be fresh you're going to be able to perform well in each instead of let's say doing three flat press movements like the second two you're not going to perform as close to as you'd be able to whereas you can still perform well on the dip and on the high incline press after you've done the flat press if you do different types of movement patterns and as well as that so you'll be able to stimulate much more muscle growth so you'll be, be able to stimulate your upper chest your delts your triceps if you do three types of movements and if you just do one type of movement that will just kind of involve similar fibers and what i mean by similar fibers is if let's say you're doing a flat press yes that will like inc incorporate the majority of your chest but you might be missing out on let's say a bit of upper pec work from that if you just do flat pressing and 
if you perform different movement patterns, like I said, that's going to lead to better performance because you're not fatigued doing that type of movement. And what it says, instead of doing, let's say, three, or let's say you've done two flat presses, what a driver sees someone do is only do one, do the other types of pressings, pressing movements, and then do another flat press later in the week. For example, if you're doing two, if you're doing one chest day, a driver sees someone split that up and train, let's say, upper and then upper again, and then they can train chest twice a week, they can have two opportunities to progress and stimulate their chest muscles and have more runway for progression in that regard. So even if, let's say, the same, the volume's the same, I'd rather see someone split up for that reason. Arguably, if, let's say, you're doing four sets of bench press, you're not going to perform well the last two, whereas if you break it up and do two sets of bench press twice a week, you're going to perform better and you'll be able to progress at a faster rate, in my opinion. You've got double the opportunities to progress, recover, and repeat that process. So that's kind of uh, all that I've got in terms of some common training mistakes. Obviously, there will be more, but they're the main ones I wanted to cover. So yeah, first one, sacrificing range of motion for load, not making the most of a movement's benefits by like not pausing where the movement's beneficial, not, let's say, spending time in the position where the movement's got the most bang for its buck, and also like choosing the wrong training split, like splitting their muscle groups up too much when they can just get away with doing, let's say, upper, lower, or push-pull leg split. And also holding back for future sets and not making the most of the first few sets they're doing and having redundancy in training by doing, let's say, five rows when they really don't need five rows or five chest pressing movements when you could just get away with free pressing from different angles. So we hope you've enjoyed the video, of course, or video or episode, depending on where you're listening to it. Obviously, it's not a video if you're watching or not watching, listen to it on Spotify or iTunes, but if you're on YouTube, then it will be, of course. Uh, but yeah, hope you've enjoyed. Thank you very much for listening as always and hope everyone has a great rest of their day.